This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I am your host, Tessa Zali. So I'm always excited to sit down and chat, but today honestly hits different because of the topic and our special guest of the show. This topic is one that is not talked about enough. There's not a ton of research or resources out there for estheticians, and that topic is money. It is important, even if you feel like it's not the most important thing in the world or your passion trumps your desire to make money. It is important, not only for our success, but for our survival. So we are going to get into it today. I am joined by an esthetician and a solo six-figure business owner, as well as, I would say, a social media star. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Miracle Workman, aka Miracle BSD. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's so great to have you, Miracle. Tell us, give us the download on who you are and what your business offers. Awesome. Okay. So I practice my elevator pitch often, but then I butcher it. So let's go. Um, So my name's Miracle Workman. I'm better known as Miracle the SD on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I am a seven-year esthetician, five-year hydrofacialist, and two almost two-year business owner now. Um, I launched my business going solo as an esthetician when we were all quarantined from the pandemic in 2020, everyone's favorite time. Yep. Um, and I decided during that time down, you know, we had about six to eight weeks of, at least in Alaska, of being locked at home. And I just decided I was not going to go back to my um, day spa job and that I was beyond ready, way beyond ready to go solo and start my business. Um, having had five years experience at that time working for others. And of course, years before that doing restaurant jobs and customer service things. Um, So yeah, it was really beyond my time to go solo. And after my first day solo, I knew I had done the right thing. Um, But yeah, the last like year and a half of business, I've learned so much and there's so much that we're not taught. Um, And you just kind of have to figure things out along the way. But I love you know, resources like podcasts and what you do, because that gives us the opportunity to learn things and also share the things that we've learned so other people don't have to make the same mistakes we did or take as long to figure things out. So yeah, totally, totally. And I was in a similar spot. And I feel like a lot of SDs were as well. We went through quarantine and it was like this pause and this push to think about, you know, what we're doing and and finally make moves. So congratulations. Thank you so much. That's huge. T- 
tell us a little bit about your journey into doing what you do and was making money, was it kind of always at the forefront of your mind when you started in aesthetics? Yeah. So no, absolutely not. Um, So it's funny. I didn't know what an esthetician was when I decided to be one. I um, was in college and I for, I mean, a semester after high school. And I quickly realized like, this is not, I'm not focused. I'm working full time. I'm in my hometown. Like I had my new boyfriend at the time, which is not my husband. Um, Just so many distractions and no real clear goals of what I wanted to do. Um, So when I stumbled upon this girl, it's a whole other story, but I asked her what she was and she said, I'm an esthetician. And I said, okay, well, I'm Googling this and figuring this out. So when I Googled, you know, what is an esthetician, how to become one, what do they make was obviously something I wanted to see, like, what's this, you know, the salary of an esthetician. And I remember seeing like the average salary of of an esthetician is around $30,000 a year. And I thought, great. (laughs) I was like, awesome. Um, This is plenty to, you know, have me have something for myself to sustain like a decent lifestyle. It's absolutely not really. <laughs> um, as you get older, you realize that. But at the time, money was definitely not um, a priority. I just wanted to get something under my belt and start working and, you know, do something I was proud of that I could, you know, throw myself into. And I think my first year working at a brow bar, I did like $40,000. And I was like, oh, this is like more than the average. Um, And then compared to today being solo, like I never thought I would make the money that I make today. So. Okay. So you started working on brows. I'm obsessed with your waxing and threading videos, by the way. Oh, thank you. You're so good. Um, Okay. So you started at the brow bar and then Did you move into the day spa you were at? Okay, so I, um, so I came right out of aesthetic school, which in Alaska it's only three hundred and fifty hours, which is insanely low and really quick. I mean, I was in and out of school in about two months, and I quickly went into the first job that I, you know, presented itself to me. It was a brow bar with full body waxing, lash lifts, and tints. Um, you know, kind of a walk in salon which was quite the experience and you get quite the clientele. Um, But I stayed there for about two and a half years. And then I had an opportunity to go work at a medical spa, which I thought was going to be like my end all be all dream. Um, And I think kind of a tangent, I think um, opportunities present themselves to you throughout your life and your career. And I think the type of person you are and the type of connections you make are absolutely 100% the, you know, the foundation for what's going to present itself to you going forward. Um, because it's everything that has led me to where I am today has been through connections I've made with other people. Um, so yeah, but side note. So I went into this medical spa. I worked there for about 11 months. I was doing, um, lasers, dermaplaning, you know, more of the corrective facial treatments, and I was introduced to hydrofacial at this medical spa. But the med spa I was going into, um, in my town, we don't have a lot of, you know, places like this or things like this. And the doctors really weren't putting anything into this medical spa. And quickly, it just became me in a room doing, you know, mostly brows and hydrofacials still. Um, 
So then I saw this day spa that I, was my last job before going solo, and they had hydrofacial as well, and they had more of that team environment and, you know, just looked great on social media. And I said, you guys, please hire me. I want to work here, and I won't take no for an answer. <laughs> so I got hired, and I spent essentially the next uh, year and a half to two years there and really just niched down to, like, brows and hydrofacials and you know, enjoyed my time so much there. But really, I started to dive into that social media space, um, Instagram and seeing, you know, people work for themselves, and they have the creative freedom and flexibility and the lifestyle they want. And like, I could do that. And so when we went into shutdowns, I told my boss, like, I don't think I'm going to come back. I'm so sorry. But this is just like calling me. And yeah. yeah. Was that conversation hard for you? It was so hard. I, um, it was the hardest thing I had done. I mean, I loved my boss. I loved that job. I loved the girls. And going solo and doing something for myself was something that I always wanted, but never thought I would really take the leap to do. And to go tell her, you know, it was not only something that I was going to be letting someone down, you know, letting her down, um, but just taking that leap for myself was so scary. So I remember going in there just shaking, feeling nauseous. <laughs> I was just terrified. Yeah. Um, but afterward, I had the most relief feeling and excitement. And yeah, it's just indescribable. It's yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's it feels like you're letting somebody down, but you have to think about what's on the other side. And it is scary because you basically are like betting on yourself. There's no safety net, it's, yes. especially when you're investing in a physical space and equipment like you have. How did you? How did you know that you were ready to kind of take that leap? You know, I don't. I don't know. Something I've been told, and I try to remember, is you're never going to feel ready. Yes. I say that to myself with lots of scenarios in life. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if this is a type of situation where I'll ever feel fully ready, but I, I know that I just need to do it. Um, but I mean, definitely what I was consuming all the time, you know, through Instagram and podcasts and mm -hmm. things that I was, yeah, consuming day in and day out was seeing other people, um, women and men and other estheticians going solo and, you know, rocking it in a little room or doing their their services all day and, you know, creating that life for themselves. I think that was definitely my push. Um, yeah. Now, do you recommend, because I get this question all the time, and I'm sure you do too, do you recommend going solo straight away or do you feel good about the way you waited a little bit to get more experience? You know, my my personal recommendation is always going to be to go to work for someone else. Um, my five years of experience before going solo have absolutely amounted to my success right off the gate when I um, opened my business. You know, I had that that skill set. I had the practice. I had the clientele. Um, I had the the confidence. Um, but I know everyone's journey is so different. And I have seen firsthand people successfully go solo right out of school. Um, so I think if that's what's calling you, I mean, go for it, but be ready to grind and hustle. Um, but yeah, my personal recommendation is always just, you know, 
work a year or two at least somewhere else and get that experience and um, see what it's like to work for someone else and to run a business and ask questions and let someone else do some of the heavy work for you, getting clients in the door and just focus on perfecting your craft first. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If I was opening my doors and doing like physical services or whatever it may be, I would want to feel like I've done this a million times. And because you are betting on yourself, I want to be sure about that investment. As sure as you can be. I think like you said, there's no 100% guarantee ever in life that risks will pay off or, you know, work out. Um, but just having a little bit of experience under your belt, I think is so helpful. Um, how about like financially? I kind of want to get into <laughs> the meat of the money topic, but oh yeah, how about like financially, even emotions aside, how did you know you were ready to take that leap financially for your for your business? Was there a certain amount of money you had saved? Right. So finances, I feel like everyone has their own feelings around money and their own, um, you know, we're all brought up differently. We all have our different emotions surrounding finances and money. And um, for me, no, I had no money set aside. Um, Me and my husband, we've you know, over, we've been together almost a decade and there's been times we've been like $20,000 in credit card debt and had to hustle to pay it off. And, um, there's been times we've had a really cushy, great savings and, you know, you just, you learn that money comes and goes and you can't let it stop you from doing the things you want to do in life. So at the point when I decided I was going to start my business, we didn't really have much of a savings for me to do so, but I, you know, he had all the confidence in me. He knew I was going to be fine. And, you know, every it was just the type of thing that everyone saw was I was going to be fine before I saw I was going to be fine. Uh-huh. Back to the money. I walked into, once I got my business license and kind of laid out the essentials and what it was I was going to need, I walked into my bank. Um, I said, I need a business account. Don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I need a business account. I need a checkings, a savings, and a credit card, please, like a business credit card. I um, got approved for all of that, instantly got a card with um, $15,000 limit, nine months, no interest. And I was like, great. It's not a loan, but it'll let me, you know, throw everything on the card to get started and I'll just hustle to pay it off. So I started my business and the first two months we just kind of sacrificed in our personal life, which I mean, that flew by. I was working, you know, grinding. I put everything just to pay off the about 10 to 12,000 it took me to um, start to my startup. And then the next few months I really saved up and then reached out to Hydrofacial and I said, I can't go more than a few more months without Hydrofacial in my business. And so I talked to them about their financing options. You know, it's all about just asking questions and figuring out a way to me. Um, And, you know, my thought process around money, I don't let it hold me back. I just think money comes and goes and I have to do what I have to do. I feel like that seems healthy and, and putting yourself in that position it's like you have no choice but to come up with money somewhere. So it almost, I feel like, pushes you 
to make more money, but at the same time, you're investing in your, in your business and you're not too scared to do that, which would you say that's kind of maybe a mistake somebody could make in terms of being too overly conservative with investing in the business? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you can't, you can't be afraid to spend money if you're a business owner, like yeah. period, you're going to be spending a lot of money. And if you want to grow, I mean, it's scary, but you have to throw down some money and invest in yourself and in your business and in your education and in equipment and, you know, take pride in your space and not be afraid to spend it. I think there's times I've been on both ends. I, there's times I've been too conservative and, you know, missed an opportunity opportunity when I've been scared to spend the money. And there's been times when I'm, you know, a little bit on the other end of it where I'm too, you know, willing to pay for this, this and this. And I'm, you know, a little bit high on the credit cards this month and I'm not hitting my financial goals because I'm spending too much. But to me, that's just a part of it. And you start to learn. I mean, without taking those risks, you won't learn what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And I imagine investing in hydrofacial. I mean, like that's a that's a decent chunk of change. I actually posted and got some questions for you. And one of the questions was about hydrofacial. Do you have any advice when it comes to making that kind of investment? Um, are there certain businesses you feel like would be a good candidate for that? And then maybe others with a smaller clientele you wouldn't recommend it for? Or what would you say? Absolutely. So Hydrofacial is a phenomenal company. And um, I'm in love with the company, the treatment, um, everything that they have to offer. There's support for estheticians, their educational opportunities, their events. You know, they're just very well known and great marketing. Where I wouldn't say it's worth it for someone to start with hydrofacial, I mean, assess the services that you're doing. If you're doing a lot of body waxing or lash lifts or tinting or brows and, you know, you're not fully set on a facial clientele, maybe making a twenty dollars to $30,000 investment on a facial machine might you might not be ready for. But I just think if you're going to make that investment on a machine or a certain service, you have to be ready to not fully focus on that. I mean, you can still do other services while having hydrofacial, but you need to be ready to to put a lot of energy and time um, into that service. And that might mean cutting other services out of your menu or dropping some of your clientele or, you know, focusing on switching that clientele to hydrofacials. Um, you know, for me, I had a different experience than a lot of other people because I had you know, four or five years of doing hydrofacials prior to buying my machine. So I had that clientele built up and it wasn't as scary. So I totally get how it can be scary when, um, you know, you haven't done the the treatment on your clients yet and you're starting with this whole new machine and you have to convince your clients to do that. Um, but yeah, I think if it's something you want to do and you're you're willing to give it that time and energy and, you know, market with it and commit to the company, then absolutely it's a phenomenal investment for your business. Okay. Okay. I think that's super helpful. How about when it comes to like your day to day? So when, when we hear the, the phrase six figure esthetician, I think that can be very intimidating to a lot of people. Could you, and I know you're 
pretty open about this. (laughs) But would you mind kind of breaking down like what does that mean for you on a daily basis in terms of numbers you aim to hit? What kind of services are you doing to make that profit that adds up to six figures? Right. So let's see. When I when I launched my business, I was still doing lash lifts. So I was doing lash lifts, facials, and brows. And when I was focusing on like the finances and where my passions lie, obviously if you know, if lash lifts were something I was so passionate about, I would have kept them and raised my prices and, you know, made a way to work, make it work. But I was looking at the time at the difference of me doing, you know, a hydrofacial in an hour versus a lash lift in an hour. And I was thinking, okay, I'm, you know, making a fraction of the amount of money I would in this hour doing a lash lift versus my hydrofacial price. You know, something's got to give if I really want to um, optimize my time in the treatment room for my dollar that I'm making. Uh, so, you know, you have to really know your numbers and your business at, at the end of an entire month. Look at, you know, look at all your numbers, look at how your, you know, what were your top services? How were your, um, how, let's see, what am I saying? Look at your top services, look at what was doing the best, look at where you you could be making more money or, you know, more importantly, like what are you enjoying doing and how can you make more money doing that thing? Um, so for me, I made six figures in my first year and then last year actually, which I don't mind talking about at all, I did over $200,000 and I only work in the treatment room about 20 hours a week. So I just think, you know, it really comes down to knowing your numbers, knowing your business. You really have to study that stuff and focus on what's working and what's not and, um, you know, how you can optimize your time. Retail is a huge thing. Um, and then, I mean, I kind of wrote down my finance routine daily, weekly, and monthly. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So it's a little bit of a tangent, but I think it'll be helpful. Go for it. Um, so daily, I look at the, what am I saying? Percent taken from my sales. So here's a whole nother thing. This is a little bit of a tangent, but it's great finance tips. So Square, a lot of us use Square, I feel like, as a solo esthetician. There's other things like Vagaro, you know. Um, different services. So I'm sure they're similar, but with Square, you have an option to take out a loan with Square at um, almost any given time. You can just go to balance on your Square homepage and look at Square loans. And there's no hard hit to your credit at all to take this loan. And it can be in your account the next day, which is really cool. Um, So if you ever need cash for something, you can go do a Square loan and then it takes a set percent from your daily sales. So it's a really easy and effortless way to pay back money if you need money quick without getting so interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, is it, do they take interest? It's, it's slight. So like, okay, I've done a $10,000 um, loan with them before. I forgot I've done this. Um, so I've done a $10,000 loan before and I think the total payback was like, 10,700. So what would that be for interest? I mean, you're paying $700 
on top of that 10000 that you got. So, yeah, you you know, you're there's going to be a little bit of interest, which is... Yeah, with inflation, makes sense. Yeah. So, but what's nice is, so daily, I'll look at my total sales through Square and I'll see, um, you know, you don't even see that money that got taken out really, but there's... Um, a set amount that will pay back a loan that gets pulled daily from your sales before it even hits your account, which is nice. Or I also have it set up in Square to take 10% of my daily sales and put it in a savings for taxes. I know 10% is a little like a low estimate for taxes, but I also keep a savings in my business like accounts. Um, This is just a really easy way to take a daily amount from me that I don't even see. So 10% before it hits my account every day goes right into a savings in Square that I don't even see, and it just accumulates there. Um, weekly, I'll look at my accounts, my bank accounts, so what's gotten transferred over from all my income, and I'll pay myself first. So I look at the money that I have in my account. I have a set amount, and this is what is going to be different for everyone. You just need to assess what you need in your your personal life for your own, you know, your mortgage, your rent, bills, utilities, internet, gas, you know, whatever it is you need to live on and say, what do I need from, you know, to live in my personal life? I have to pay myself that first. Otherwise, why are you in business? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at the end of every week, I pay myself first, my set amount that I do every week. Then I see what I'm left with in my business. And I like a minimum amount always in my, my um, business checking. Um, so I just like to go off that too. And then um, I have my checking account labeled as my income account. And then I look at what might be on my business card, make any payments that you know are necessary for that. And then I divvy out what I can if there's anything left to my savings account, which is my profit account. So then monthly, I look at all my numbers. Like You'll never grow if you don't analyze and study what you're doing in your business, like I was talking about. Um, so I look at how I did in sales, how my, how many clients did I see, what were my top services, what were my retail sales and my pro- top products sold. Um, I get, you know, you have to get familiar looking at your business this way because that'll help you see where you need to focus your time and energy and what's working and what's not. Um, so then I record all my monthly income. And this is where, for you, you probably know this too, if we're you know, you're in the social media space, you might have affiliates or online stores with, you know, like Glymed, um, you know, income from TikTok or whatever it is. So I make a list of um, all my income tracking and I just kind of jot down what I made from each affiliate, TikTok, online stores. And my huge one is my square where I'm doing my, you know, day-to-day treatment work. Um, and then lastly, at the end of the month, I'll just uh, make sure all my transactions are coded and caught up in QuickBooks. QuickBooks is like my my hub for everything. So it's where I can see my final numbers, you know, what's in my account, um, what my expenses are, you know. That's just the easiest way to kind of keep up with bookkeeping through the year and prep for tax season. Yep. Okay. Um, that was a question we got asked was how do you prep for tax season. So this is a good tip, you guys. She's saying she uses QuickBooks. And so you're saying you put that information in on a regular basis. So come 
tax time, are you pretty much just ready to hand that information over to your tax person? That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. So I use QuickBooks online. And when I started my business, I kind of had heard about that. Um, And I had no idea what I was doing. Of course, I feel like most of us don't when we're starting out. And I just made an appointment with um, literally just Googled. I didn't even have anyone to refer me anywhere. I just Googled bookkeepers or CPAs around. I made an appointment and I said, hi, I'm starting a business. Can you please help me like set up a QuickBooks and like teach me the general of what I need to do to keep up with it? And there are bookkeepers. Obviously, you can have someone run your books. But I feel like if we're solo, it's, it, I mean, that's totally a personal preference. But if you're solo and if you kind of get the hang of QuickBooks, it's a really easy thing to hop on your laptop once a month, do a quick check-in and code your expenses and, um, you know, just keep up with things and see your, see what you're doing with your numbers. Um, also, YouTube. <laughs> I feel like People just get so overwhelmed with all this stuff. They forget there's really great resources like YouTube out there. You can Google anything and people are out there to give you tutorials or explain things or break them down. And, you know, people forget how to be a problem solver and kind of just search for things and figure things out. Um, So, yeah, that's QuickBooks is on my monthly. It's not even something I do often. I'll hop on at the end of every month, just kind of look over my numbers. So in QuickBooks, I link my bank accounts, my square, and any other incomes. So right there, it's all coming into, like I said, that one hub. So it just makes it really easy. Okay. Easy enough. So I feel like one piece of of looking at the numbers that can be hard for people is just like facing the numbers and, and seeing on paper, like that representation of how you're doing in your business. Was that hard for you? Did you have any hurdles or were you just like, we're going for it. This is what I need to do. I don't think so because I'm so fascinated by the numbers and I'm very goal driven. So I really like to um, compete with myself. (laughs) So I love looking at the numbers. I love looking at things and just seeing how I can do better. And yeah, um, yeah, I mean, the scariest thing for me looking at my numbers is looking at my expenses because it makes me want to throw up sometimes. Yeah, uh, but, <laughs> you know, there's going to be times where you feel like, gosh, like it takes so much money to run this business. Like, I don't know how, how did I make, you know, $20,000 this month, but I only left with 6000 of it or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. But other than that, that's that's just why it's so important to look at your numbers and study them and know, okay, I'm spending, you know, way too much in this category. How can I cut this down? Or, you know, I made so much on this, you know, product line this month. You know, how can I do even better next month or, you know, things like that. And do you have any idea of if you were to break it down, like what percentage comes from retail, what services, what's your social media income? Majority income is through Square. So that's what I do in the treatment room on um, on clients. So that's services and product like retail sales in the treatment room. I okay. do a high amount of retail sales um, because I've really, I, I think retail is a huge opportunity to make money. Um, and it can be scary. That's definitely something that I think starting solo, you really need to 
build yourself up and take your time, you know, don't rush into retail if you can't. Um, but definitely put it on your list to get into because I mean, retail's huge for making money. Um, but yeah, I would say like 80% of my income's from my treatment room work and the okay. rest falls under my affiliate programs and my online stores with my skincare lines that I retail. But that's where kind of going forward, I'm really wanting to build those other avenues of income because some of it is really passive. And totally, you know, you're someone that's inspired me actually by watching your YouTube videos and listening to your podcast. I mean, you're a virtual esthetician and you preach that we don't know what can happen to our health or our bodies or, you know, the world tomorrow. So we really need to not just rely on that treatment room income as estheticians. We really need to start pivoting and thinking of how we can, um, you know, protect ourselves and have that, those other means of income. Absolutely. I mean, it's just not to be underestimated. Like retail alone, for me, it's probably 50% is what I make, even from my Glymed store alone, that has really kept me afloat this year. Um, so that was a very smart thing, I think, for me was um, working with a line that offers an online store that people can access because, you know, think of how you might be limited with your physical location, but <laughs> the number of people out there who need skincare is endless. Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I, those online stores have been like one of the most incredible opportunities for making money um, outside of the treatment room. And they really help you to grow and motivate you on social media too. I feel like I wish more lines, um, more skincare lines and companies did that for the esthetician because that's kind of the world we live in. And I'm kind of baffled that more lines don't do that. Like I have Climed and Skin Better and I those are the only two that I know of that have those online store opportunities for the esthetician. Totally. I think a lot of brands are more, I think even the old fashioned commission structures, a lot of it was just like you get product back for your treatment room, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not motivating for the esthetician. So I think the smart brands are realizing they need to meet people online and it benefits everybody. I mean, just look at how Glymed has blown up from offering that and having more visibility online. So I think it's so smart. Yeah. That's been life-changing for me. (laughs) How about how about making money when it comes to working for yourself work versus working for somebody else? Do you think it's possible for somebody who's working under somebody else to be financially successful? Because I feel like we tend to think of it as a solo thing. You have to be on your own to make money. What do you think? Oh, I think absolutely you can work for someone else forever in this industry if you want to. You never have to go solo or be self-employed. You know, being a business owner is not for everyone. And um, I'm I'm really good friends with someone in my community who owns uh, a very successful day spa and takes estheticians, you know, and it's a commissioned spa. And I'm friends with the owner and She's even told me in the nicest way, she's like, you are inspiring too many people to go solo. And like everyone thinks it's easy and that they can do it. Um, And she's like, it's 
funny because, you know, she kind of had a good, we had a really good conversation about this for a minute there. I was so bitter about working for someone else um, because I was like, to be honest, I'm killing it being solo. And I was really saying like, everyone needs to go solo, you know, not physically saying that, but in my head, that's kind of what I was thinking. But after talking with her, I'm like, wow, you really can be a commission employee. I mean, in my last, again, to talk numbers, like in my last year working for that day spa, I think I made over $70,000, which is a phenomenal income for a single or not single, but, you know, one woman in her mid twenties. So I think absolutely you can make good money. Being, Being a business owner is a lot of work. And Sometimes people just want to clock out and go home and leave work at work and make the money they make. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. What would be a good pay structure in terms of working for somebody else? Um, say somebody's looking for a job and and they just want to feel like, okay, this is structured fairly in okay. terms of hourly wage. Yeah. Yes. So I think for starting out a really good um structure would be to be put on some sort of hourly wage, a lower percent commission on services, and a commission on retail sales because it's really important to incentivize your employees to sell retail. Um, The first job I ever worked at actually had a phenomenal structure. And I, if I was ever to grow and hire people, I would probably follow something similar. Um, They started out on just the minimum hourly wage so you're making an hourly rate. It was about like 20% commission on all services. And then I think 15% commission on all product sales with bonuses if you sold over a certain amount every month. So it's just even more incentive to be, you know, it's, you don't have to always be salesy. There's ways to sell that are very authentic and natural and organic, but it just gives you that drive as an esthetician. And then after having built up a certain clientele as the uh, employer, you can set either a time frame or like goals for their, you know, how much clientele that employee has built up, maybe cutting that hourly wage and giving them, um, you know, a higher percent service commission and say you're you're full commission employee now. But I mean, that can be really, really beneficial to be on a higher percent commission. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I know that depends state by state because some states, I believe, like California, you have to have an hourly wage, I think. Um, but yeah, there's so many structures. I think, um, you know, at least having a good uh, service commission and then that product commission can give you that drive to fill your books and sell some <laughs> sell some retail. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I think that was important. So thank you for answering that. Of course. Um, Yeah. And what do you think? I mean, I think the same. I think having that guaranteed hourly wage is so important because how many times do you have people just no show on you and that could be hours of your day, you know? Absolutely. Um, I, I wouldn't, my first no, my second spa job was similar to yours with that type of commission structure, which I think is very fair. It's very incentivizing where I had, I was earning a percentage of commission. It might've been 30% and then had guaranteed hourly wage if somebody did not show up and then a percentage of the service. And then on top of that, you know, people would tip me. So 
it was it was a decent you know salary i think what's kind of interesting in terms of the conversation about working for somebody else versus going solo is i like that feeling of of my money not being capped or mm-hmm. um, i kind of like to feel like i'm independent i'm in control i I can take on a certain number of clients myself and increase my salary. I can take some days off if I need it. I could just choose to focus on retail and I just have more autonomy. Um, So yeah, I think it is important to look for fair commission structures, but that is one benefit I like about being solo, just feeling more in control and not like, you know, I'm given a set, schedule and you know my my income might waver a little bit based on you know how I did or tips but generally I kind of know what I'm gonna make working for somebody else so yeah. it's riskier but yeah. possibly more lucrative if you are the right person to go solo. Right. No I completely agree. I, I mean I love being solo because like you said you you don't you're not capped. You can do whatever you want and you can always increase your income and grow. Um, and Especially with social media. Yes. Yeah. I mean, social media is the game changer in our industry um, for solo estheticians specifically and opportunities of growing your income. The more I've grown on social media and built a community of you know, it's not just my clients I see in clinic who shop for me. It's it's people across the country and other estheticians. And, you know, I'm selling and, and you know, engaging and building community with people from all around who trust me and then buy things I recommend and purchase skincare from me. And that's just like, how can you not want that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's amazing. We get to do what we love help people with their skin who might not have known about like us as resources before. And at the same time, you can make decent money. And I feel like we need to talk about your TikTok because you're like very major. I mean, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> we have like 600,000 followers on TikTok. I think I, I mean, it might be more. I say, yeah, I'm almost at 700,000. It was my goal to hit 700,000 by the end of January and I'm close, but not there. Okay. Um, I I hate to be the person that says, like, I think I got in at the right time because the root of me believes that there's never, like, anyone can do it. I truly believe, like, you can open a TikTok today and grow it to a million followers. Like, I wholeheartedly believe that. But I really got into TikTok at the right time because I got in December of 2019. So right a few months before the pandemic. Early. Yeah. yeah. Smart. And, yeah. And I I mean, my friend is a pilot and he was posting some pilot like flying videos oh, and cool. he was like, can you download TikTok and go follow me on like, my videos? And I was like, sure. I don't know what this is, but OK. And I remember watching his videos and I was like, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm posting so many like stories throughout the day of jelly masks and things like that. I should just throw them up on, on my TikTok. And I I don't know how it happened, but it was one of my first few videos, like the first three, I think, that it hit and it went viral. And I'm talking like a million views or something. I remember watching it 
climb and I was just like, what in the world? Like, what is happening? And from that moment on, of course, I was hooked. I mean, it's truly like a, what do they call it? Like a serotonin? I don't know if that. Yeah, no, it is. That chemical release in your brain, it's addicting. Um, So I just kept posting. I posted extraction videos and then a lot of my brow wax videos. And then it just kind of stuck from there. And you know, I was never one to really show up on camera or talk on on my videos or, you know, show my face. And I think that's kind of where I missed an opportunity because now, um, you know, that those hundreds of thousands of followers, they're following me for like a very specific type of content or those are the videos on my account that do well. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of going into this new year posting whatever I want. You know, I'll show up one day or I'll post a facial video one day or my brow wax video that I pretty much know will go viral. Um, But I'm not going to limit what does well. Like I'm going to post anything that I want to that I think is going to be valuable and entertaining. And if it doesn't do well, it doesn't do well. But that's the the beauty of TikTok is you just keep on posting and your account keeps growing and, you know, it's really fun. Yeah, no, it's so much fun. And I think I think that's actually a really smart approach now that you have this huge reach. You can't now you have the luxury to focus on what you want to focus on. If a couple people drop off, so be it. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're still posting the content they want to see and doing a great job of showing up and now talking to a built-in audience of estheticians and and talking about even beyond that just how to make money as a small business owner so i love that you started that new series and i mean i've watched every video and yeah no i think it's amazing and i feel like that could even turn into a niche within your niche like yeah dating and coaching and you know whatever may come of it. How about in terms of kind of where you see the business going next and any major goals on the horizon? Yeah. So um, I, when I went solo, I was renting a room outside of a, or inside of a hair salon. And I love the location of where I'm at. It's a, it's a small room, but it's enough to be doing my, um, my business in there. Um, And I purchased, I'm sure you saw, I purchased the salon storefront that I was working out of, and I just took over the lease this January. So the business is now mine. (gasps) Congrats. Thank you. So I um, am just kind of, I mean, this is my first month being in charge of the space, you know, and paying bigger bills and um, learning learning to have more responsibility physically. I don't have commission employees. I have renters and their hairstylists. So it's not something I saw myself be doing, buying a hair salon. But it's really fun. Um, it's really rewarding to, like, own a storefront business now. And, you know, that's that's my baby now. Um, so going forward this year, I really just want to uh, get my footing in monthly maintenance of owning and caring for a space and being, you know, a business owner on a little bit bigger scale. And more importantly, in my aesthetics business, I really am enjoying the social media space and like business yeah. and, you know, finance and all this stuff that we're talking about. I I enjoy it so much. People ask me like how I grow a following and how I, um, you know, have time for social media. And it's just because I love it. I make time for it. I I enjoy being on there and 
um, growing and giving value to the community that, you know, I feel like I've gotten so much value in my beginning days from social media that now it's like my time to kind of share what I've learned and give back and be that person that other people were for me. Um, So yeah, I just want to continue to see where social media goes and what opportunities present themselves to me and just keep growing. Yeah, well, it's really encouraging and it's very it makes me it just makes me feel good to see another young person and a young woman in this field online like saying you can be successful when i was starting out as an esthetician trying to look up salaries and like convince my parents this was an okay idea the numbers are so discouraging and probably not accurate um so it's just yeah it's important to see that people can have success would you say what I don't know if you can answer this, but would you say like what you've done is replicable? Like, do you feel like you're the yes. exception or, or, or you're the rule? You know, so this is where I discredit myself a lot. Um, okay. No, I, I used to say, and I still believe this, but I, I used to say it way too often in a, in a way that does discredit myself. I used to say like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Like truly, like I did this cool, literally anyone else can because what's so special about me? Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, especially the last year, I've through other people's eyes started to see myself. And, you know, I made a post today on Instagram, actually, and it says if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. And the reason I posted that was because not everyone's doing what I'm doing, you know, and I have to give myself credit for what I've built and what I've accomplished. And, you know, sometimes I do think, oh, it's not that hard what I do. It's, you know, anyone can do it. And it's days like today and making that post that I'm like, you know, no, I really need to be proud of myself because I work really hard and I've done a lot in this career field. Um, I've, past goals I never thought I would even have for myself um, in the last couple of years. And I don't even know what's going to be next for me. But in a way to not discredit myself and be proud of my hard work and accomplishments, I absolutely think anyone can do what I've done and more and what other people are doing. That's phenomenal because it's just your passion and your work ethic and your, you know, how much do you want to put into it? And how much do you want to immerse yourself in this industry and online and in your business and continue your education? Um, Anyone has the ability to do what I've done. But if it was easy, everyone would do it. (laughs) Yes, I I think you said it perfectly. I think it's a marriage of a lot of things. Like it's the passion that's clearly there. The research part I think a lot of people won't do and maybe we'll get lazy about um, to bet on yourself and take that risk. Most people won't do that. Um, Most people may not show up every single day the way that you do. And I mean, social media as well, like getting a little bit creative, putting yourself out there. That's not easy. Yeah, no. A lot of things and skill, like, you know, clearly. So not not impossible, but kind of a lot of little elements and talents that you have. Yeah, it's yeah, it's impressive <laughs> just what like people do on social media and in their business. I mean, 
selfishly, how do you do a podcast and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and your business? What? Well, see, when I look at when I look at everyone else, I feel that way too. Like when I look at you or Estes in the treatment room, it's so easy to compare and mm-hmm. you know, just feel like how are they doing all of those things? Like even thinking about you, like all the services you are doing by hand. That is a lot of work keeping track of the business on the back end. Um, but you know, if if you want to do something, I feel like you will make time for it. Do I have a big social life? <laughs> no. This, <laughs> but like you, this is like kind of what I do for fun. Yeah. And at the same time, like it enriches my life and making making connections is is very important. Um, I've never thought of it like as networking. I just I love talking to people and hearing about, you know, everyone's different successes. But in a way, like it does help in the business. So if you can find like areas and pockets of aesthetics that are just fun for you, I feel like that's a big secret to success. Like just finding, finding the fun. Yeah. I, that's completely right. That's very true. If you, if you have enjoyment in it, I mean, you'll find yourself doing it more and putting more into it. Yeah. I think so. Um, because like if, if I dreaded doing podcasts, I I just, you know, it wouldn't go very far, but yeah, if you can find ways to think about what's fun for you and just structure that into your day, anything is really possible and it can be overwhelming. Like there's so many forms of social media. I, I feel like a tip I have is like, if you're capable, think about Instagram and maybe and then one, like you can go all in on Instagram, but um, thinking about other ways is smart because you, yeah. you never know what could happen to one platform. Mm-hmm. Or ju- I mean, mm-hmm. even just I know someone and you might do this too, who he's going all in on YouTube right now. But what he's doing from that going all in on YouTube, he's taking little clips from his YouTube videos right. and purposing smart. them to Reels and TikTok very little effort to do both of them and you know in that he's hitting three platforms effortlessly so smart so just kind of like I feel like everyone can be at least if they're doing reels they can at least be posting them to TikTok yes I mean you do it I do it it's yeah you should be doing it in this day and age honestly this has been amazing um you are amazing you are amazing (laughs) truly you are a miracle and a phenomenon Um, if you had to leave everybody with like one piece of advice, be it SD related or finance related, does anything come to mind? Yes, actually. It's not, it's not esthetician or what am I saying? Let me just see. I pulled this, I wrote this yesterday for like a spotlight thing that I'm doing and I, I wrote it and I didn't even know what I was writing until it was coming out onto the screen, but I'll read it here. One piece of advice I'd offer other estheticians is to never be afraid to grow and change. You are never stuck doing anything anywhere. It is 100% okay to shift, grow, and evolve in this industry, so never have guilt or fear around that. And I think that just means like literally anything you want to apply that to, don't feel stuck. Like even 
for me, I wanted to, you know, when I wanted to drop lash lifts, it felt like the biggest thing to do in my business ever. Um, and people love you and support you and it's okay. And why you got into business for yourself. So why not follow and constantly change and do what it is you want to do and be happy? Um, another example is like, I changed my business hours at one point and I had to lose clientele for that, but it made my, my days and my (laughs) lifestyle so took away so much stress and made me feel so much better about my day to, you know, drop a couple hours up in the evenings. Um, so just things like that, like you're never stuck and people I feel like feel that way in their business and are afraid to to shift or grow or make a change and it's your business and you can do whatever it is you want to do. I mean, I was so terrified to go all virtual. I didn't really see anybody fully just banking on that and I didn't know if it was viable, but I just felt like for me, it wasn't right going back into the treatment room and I had other passions I wanted to explore, education and um, making product. And it's like, you you never know until you just go for it. You have to follow that instinct. If you're not enjoying something, you're not doing anybody any favors by sitting there or like, had I... I used to be afraid to quit my corporate job because I thought, you know, my resume had to say, like, I've been here three years or whatever it may be. But beautiful things come out of taking those risks for sure. And your happiness, I think that ends up being... Your finances will reflect that 100%. This has been so much fun. I really hope we can steal you again, Miracle, because you have so much incredible advice to share Thank you so, so much for coming on and taking time out of your day. Tell us where we can find you on social media if if we're not already. Yes. So my biggest platforms are Instagram and TikTok at Miracle the SD. Uh, everyone spells SD differently, but I am E-S-T-I. Um, that's Perfect. That's it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. It's been so much fun. I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.